This episode of the Trail Talk podcast is brought to you by PLAY. It stands for Pet Lifestyle and You. And before I continue about our sponsor, I just want to say that you're probably going to want to listen to the entire sponsor reel. Now, PLAY has everything you need for your next adventure. Specifically, their Scout and About Outdoor Collection features functional, durable, dog camping gear that is perfectly suited for active humans and their pups. This collection features rope toys, training pouches, travel bowls, tents, beds, mats, you name it, they've got it. So regardless of what your definition of an adventure is, whether that's short walks around the neighborhood or hiking many miles in the great outdoors, play has something for everyone. And whether your fun occurs in the sun or in the rain, They've got you covered because their products are waterproof too, and that's one thing that really stood out to us. Now, their accessories are machine washable, and we're finding that they're a must-have for many of the journeys that we're taking. So you can shop at PetPlay.com, or you can use one of the links in the show notes. But the reason I told you to stick around is we've been testing a lot of these products lately, and specifically I want to talk about the Deluxe Training Pouch. So we've been using this uh, with our dogs and we've been using it in the field a lot. And I'll be honest, Play is not the first company to put a training or treat pouch uh, to the market. However, we're finding that it's one of our favorite that we've tested so far. And the reason is, number one, it's spacious. It holds lots of treats. We're able to put um, toys in there as well if we're on the trail or at a local park. And we're really enjoying that. It also has an external area that is designed specifically for the ever-important poop bags, which allows us to keep other people happy, allow areas to remain dog-friendly, and open up new areas to our dogs. And then two features that we liked about the deluxe training pouch that we aren't finding on other training pouches on the market are the zipper at the rear, And we're putting our car keys, maybe our cash, anything, just those little extras that tend to consume space in your pockets. And we're really liking that feature. And then one feature that we weren't sure we were going to use, but we're we're really enjoying that it's been added to this training pouch, is it has a built-in squeaker. And at first, we weren't sure if it'd be necessary, but we're finding that when we're on the trail or, like I said, at a park, and you need to get your dog's attention from that other dog that you're so conveniently became friends with, or that smell that is just way too intriguing to leave under the nearest pine tree. Uh, a quick squeak or two from this little this squeaker that's built into the pouch is just enough to get your dog's attention. And it's really convenient to have that built in, and it's something that we've actually been using quite a lot. Now, one of the reasons I wanted you to stick around besides our personal review of this product is that Play has agreed to do a giveaway. Now, this is going to last over the next couple weeks because they're our sponsor for a few episodes here. But they're going to be giving away not only uh, some tug toys and some flying disc toys, but also these deluxe training pouches that we've grown to love so much. So you can enter this contest very simply in two ways. Uh, You can get an entry by tagging Trail Talk Podcast on Instagram. So that's just like any hashtag, no spaces, hashtag trail talk podcast. Or if you want to get yourself an extra entry, you can also leave a comment. Uh, you can comment on the podcast 
uh, in iTunes or you can comment on our podcast page and we'll be sure to monitor that and give you an entry either way. So be sure to do one of those things because, hey, you have a chance to win one of these products without spending a dime. And if you do decide you want to purchase this deluxe training pouch or one of the other great products on PetPlay.com, you can use the promo code TRAILTALK. That's TRAILTALK, just like the podcast name. And there's no spaces in that either. And you can enter that at the checkout at PetPlay.com or once again by using the link in the show notes. And that's going to give you 20% off any purchase that you make at PetPlay.com which is just a substantial amount of savings. And like I said, their products are really not only proving to look good, but stand up really well on our adventures. And products like the Deluxe Training Pouch are really standing out to us, and they're becoming one of the the items that we carry with us on the daily. And now, your host of the Trail Talk Podcast, Anthony Fanucci. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us yet again on a Trail Talk episode. The beginning of this podcast has gone off better than we ever could have imagined. Really appreciative of all the love and energy that you guys are giving back. Today's guest is one that's going to take your stoke level even a little bit higher. One of your favorite people on Instagram. You can find her online on Instagram at findmeoutside. That's right. We have Elena Presiprich joining us and her two incredible dogs, Rio and Bea. We are so excited to hear from her, hear a little bit about their story, and go behind the scenes of some awesome photos that you guys are used to scrolling through. Elena, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're stoked to talk with you. I, uh, I'm sure our listeners have a lot of questions. Um, so, you know, we'll get right into things. But, you know, before we get rolling with everything, um, maybe you could just start by giving a little bit of background on yourself, where you're at, and, you know, what things you like to do on the daily. Oh, gosh. Um, well, I, the daily, let's see, work. I have a new job back in August. I got hired uh, at Roughwear. Um, it's a new position they basically created for me, and it's the most perfect position. It's a in-house photographer and videographer. Um, and so that's my, that's my Monday through Friday gig. And then the weekends is whatever... Whatever I, yeah, get outside and take the dogs, and um, that's a quick, quick summary of <laughs> my daily. But pretty much a hundred percent of my time now is with my dogs, uh, since I get to bring my dogs to work. So it's been really, really incredible, and um, I'm really fortunate to have that job. It doesn't, it doesn't even feel like a job. It's super fun. I was going to say, I have a feeling right now that every single one of our listeners is thinking, how on earth could I get that job? And uh, we won't flood Roughwear with any emails or anything, but I know that um, 
you know, having that sort of environment, especially, you know, as, so, as a dog lover and dog owner, I'm sure it's something that every single person listening right now is craving for. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely, definitely so, so lucky. So yeah. yeah. And you said you are responsible for a lot of in-house photography and stuff like that with them. Yeah. So the kind of the backstory of how I ended up there, um, my first major back at, in 2004 uh, was in photography at the University of Oregon. Um, I've always loved it, and so I majored in it. Um, both my parents are dentists, though, and there was always like an interest in the medical field. And so I worked um, right out of photography school. I actually you know, needed a job right away and started working for my dad and did that for six or seven years. Um, and then realized um, that radiography was kind of like a perfect blend. It was photography in the medical field. And so I went back to school, which was like three years of school, tens of thousands of dollars, <laughs> and got into the field and practiced for about a year. Um, and kind of what it just – it was right, but it also wasn't right. It just didn't feel like the perfect fit. And so um, kind of started searching just on a whim and wrote my friends at Roughware and asked them. And two weeks later, I had a job at Roughware. And, um, not yeah. bad. <laughs> not bad at all. <laughs> it was, yeah, kind of a winding, expensive journey to find the dream job. But, um, yeah, I landed it. <laughs> Super cool. Yeah, not a yeah. bad place to uh, end up at all. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know if it's, you know, how fresh it is and we don't have to go too far into it. But do you do you remember like when you had because it's it's becoming a, a bit of a theme on this show. Um, people, you know diving into one area and, and pursuing a calling that just felt stronger, you know, for them. Um, do you remember what it was like, you know, before you made that transition? Like, was it, was it something that you just felt and went for? Was it something that occurred over time? Can you take us back maybe a little bit between that transition of, you know, going through the schooling, you know, working a little bit, but then realizing that it just wasn't quite the right fit for you? Absolutely. Um, it was, it's a, it's a frustrating, it's a frustrating story, but I le- yeah, it's, I learned a lot. Um, went, so yeah, went to school. There was, yeah, three years, lots of money spent, um, got into an awesome, actually a really awesome job at an orthopedic clinic, which was, um, kind of the place I wanted to go. I didn't really want to work with, at the hospital where there were really sick people, um, when I had to do my clinical rotations, I worked at you know all types of clinics, like orthopedic places, um, urgent cares, the hospitals, so like in the ER. Everywhere, you know, they want you to get a good um, variety of environments, and I definitely knew I didn't want to be in um, the hospital setting uh, for many reasons. A lot of it was really sad. A lot of it was really sick. Um, I got really sick working there, working with really sick people. Um, so an orthopedic 
office was like the perfect choice. It's a, basically, you know, it's, it's hurt people, but they're healthy. They got hurt in mountain biking. They got hurt skiing. They got, you know, broke their bones cause they were running and tripped on the trail, like active people. And it was, I know it's kind of, it's like a weird thing, but you get like, we would get really excited over, <laughs> you know, broken bones. Like we would, <laughs> we like seeing that stuff. Um, yeah. And the place that I was working kind of just, they started making some other management calls that were not really fair. And it really started becoming a negative environment. And um, it really just wasn't fitting. Like, I wasn't happy. I just wasn't happy there anymore. And so, um, even though, you know, it's hard because you spend three years of your life, tens and thousands of dollars on this degree. And you're like, I love what I'm doing. I just don't like where I'm at. And I actually just ended up quitting. I didn't even have that job at Roughwear yet. But the day that I quit, I wrote Roughwear. So I quit on the chance that something else out there was better for me. And um, it turned out there, that's that there was. And I, I got very lucky. <laughs> I don't know if that would happen so quickly for others or what. But um, I'm so thankful that, like, you know, I went into the medical field for three years and worked in the medical field for another year because the timing wouldn't have been right for me to be at Roughwear. Um, otherwise, it what they weren't ready yet. They were ready when I was <laughs> to come on board. Um, so yeah, it's it's crazy how things work out, and you know, yeah. and it's always awesome to look back and. Sometimes it's it's a quick thing. Sometimes it's you know a slow process and a, a painful one for sure. Um, you know, but I think looking back, it's when people. It seems like when people follow their gut, especially with a feeling that strong, you know, it usually works out because you know your your gut usually doesn't lie to you. So totally, yeah, yeah. So it was definitely like one of those gut feelings. You just you're like, yeah. I'm, I got to do this. I'm not happy here. There's, there's going to be something out there for me. Yeah. And, yeah. And you know, you and your energy and the universe's energy all seem to conspire and eventually things line up. And like I said, ending up with Roughwear is, is definitely not a bad deal. Um, yeah. Super cool. Well, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I, I really appreciate it. And it's something that, you know, a lot of our, the followers, especially on like Instagram and online probably, don't get to don't get to dive into that portion a little bit so I appreciate it um, yeah so going back to Instagram obviously mad photography skills um, super awesome I know that some days if you know I wake up and it's super cold out or something like that and I scroll through for about five minutes and if you know yours and maybe some other people's photos pop up I'm like man I gotta go hike or something like that because it's just your story on there carries a really inspirational tone, um, you know, really raw about just getting out and doing what you love. Um, what would you say your favorite, it seems like skiing is obviously one of your big ones, your favorite outdoor activities are? Gosh, yeah, uh, definitely skiing. Um, and yeah, that's kind of my summer or sorry, that's my winter. <laughs> that's my winter sport of choice. Um, and then in the summer it's backpacking. 
Um, I also have a slight obsession with fire lookouts, <laughs> um, which is always fun because they're usually a solid hike in or um, we went to one just last month and it was three or four miles of skiing in. So we got a like hooked up the dogs and kind of scajored on our way. They kind of helped us get our way there, which was really fun. Um, those would be like my two most favorite activities for sure. Um, awesome. And it, it seems like the dogs are usually with you on, on the adventures that you take, usually able yeah. to take them along. Yeah. There's definitely a handful that I, you know, I don't take, um, them skiing on or, or whatever, but almost I'd say 95% of the time they're with me by my side. <laughs> awesome. Very cool. Um, yeah, the, the fire tower pictures always make for something that's like super magazine worthy. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're very fun. They're very hard to get, but they're very, they're very fun. I, um, our listeners know at this point that, you know, we're, we're located where we record and everything, we're all located in Northeast Pennsylvania. So we, we have them, but none of ours are really open <laughs> to people. Um, so I'm always super jealous when I see, you know, some, some friends out West and stuff that are sleeping in them and really getting to enjoy the benefits. Totally. Yeah. Um, so sweet. Let's, uh, let's dive into the portion that I know everybody, you know, I'm sure enjoys hearing us talk, but you know, we got dog fans on board, so they want to, they want to hear about the dogs a hundred percent. Um, you know, I know you before this spoke about a little bit about the adoption, um, rescue just by chance, you know, events that occurred for you leading to both of your dogs. And, um, if you're, if you're cool with it, maybe we can go one by one and, and talk about how each of them came into your life. I would love to. <laughs> awesome. Um, so Rio, I can start with Rio. He's my seven-year-old chocolate lab. Um, I, I actually never grew up with dogs. I've always loved them. We had a few cats growing up, um, but never had a dog of my own growing up. And, um, you know, went to college and got back home and, my parents weren't really big dog fans, um, so I was really pretty lim – like I couldn't adopt a dog until I had – they don't let you here anyway. They don't let you adopt one unless the place that you're living allows you. Like they have to get um, – they call and make sure that you're allowed to have a dog. And um, so I, I ended up buying a house about eight years ago, and, you know, it's, it was perfect. It had a fenced backyard. It had access to the garage with a dog door already. And, um, it was finally my chance. And I ended up, uh, uh going to the shelter, going through this training for like a week. Cause I wanted to volunteer at the, the shelter here and, um, checked off all my training, um, walked in on my first day, uh, in the back of the shelters where they have all the dogs, there's like a double set of glass doors and you walk into it and it's a big kind of circle rectangular shape where you walk around all the kennels in the very first, um, kenneled area was Rio. <laughs> he was six months and, um, it is, yeah, just looked at me with these big gold eyes through that chain link 
fence and um, he was shaking and he'd been there for about six or seven days at this point. Um, and just, I've never seen a dog stare at me the way Rio stared at me that moment. And I didn't even walk around the rest of the shelter. I turned around and I walked to the front desk and I was like, there's a chocolate lab back there. Um, I'll take him. <laughs> He's mine. Uh, so yeah, that was, um, that was how I got Rio. He's like, absolutely. The eyes, the eyes won her over. (laughs) He actually was also like, he had, I think he was so nervous. He actually had like poop all over him and he was in really bad shape. He was really, really scared at the shelter. It was not, it was definitely not a place for him. Um, and I was surprised actually that he was there for so long because he was, he's, he was beautiful. He, he was actually rather large. He was like 50 pounds at six months, which is pretty big. Um, yeah. So I think maybe, maybe that deterred people. He's a, he is a pretty big dog. So I got really lucky. Do you <laughs> know, got- um, do you know anything on about his background? Like where he was at before that or what his story is? He, um, he, his paperwork was pretty, it didn't say much other than it said that, that the breeder actually dropped him off at the shelter. Um, and so I think what I, my gut feeling from the story is that the only reason the breeder would drop him off is that I believe when you adopt, get a dog from a breeder, you have there's a turnaround time when you can um, bring a dog back. And so I think my guess is that the breeder, you know, got a six month old chocolate lab back and didn't know what to do and thought maybe his best chance was at the shelter um, right. and brought him there. So in six months, if that is true, he'd been, you know, from a breeder to a family, returned to the breeder, um, back to the shelter and to my home. That was like five different living situations in six months. So he was, I think he was just, he was pretty confused at where home was and yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Just moving around like like crazy mm-hmm. and what was the adjustment period like for Rio? Was when you brought him home was was it pretty smooth? Did it take some time? I know a lot of people, you know, that we talk to and you know, probably same for you guys are always wondering like if they're in a position to adopt a dog and was it and you know, sometimes looking down the road it's it's, you know, all bright and positive which I think everyone could get there, but the transition, how did it go for you? Was it pretty good? It was pretty good. Um, he, I remember trying, I hadn't, I mean, I, this was my first dog. I'd never had a dog before, so I did not know what to do. And you know, you look online and like, yep. <laughs> what do you do with a dog? Um, so I got a, a kennel little crate thing for him did not work. That was not happening. I think the, um, shelter like scarred him. He was like the metal walls was not going to happen for him ever again. He was not going to let that happen. So, um, did I was, I tried, but I didn't. So, you know, and he was actually quite fine. I didn't, I realized like my things like my closet doesn't have a door on it. So I, lost a lot of really expensive shoes, um, <laughs> learned to put a little baby gate up. Um, but really I think he adjusted really quick. Like he is really attached to me. Um, I was actually talking with some people this morning on my Instagram account about, 
um, being off leash and how I trained my dogs to be off leash. I had to do that uh, Rio, because Rio's always been so close to me that he would never leave more than a hundred feet away from me at any time. Like I never have a fear that he's going to run away. So yeah, it was yeah, a pretty easy adjustment. That's, he's yeah. Equally. That's I'm, I appreciate that you shared that for sure. Um, Cause that's a huge question. Like I definitely one of the top two or three questions that seems to come up so often, especially when people, you know, see other, um, you know, Instagrammers and, and just influencers online that are almost always have their dogs off leash. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's always a huge conversation point because I think, you know, it's weird. I don't think there's a solid answer for it. I think there's a lot of really good, uh, you know, advice that you can, you can offer to people that, you know, need to work with their dog to get there. Um mm-hmm. You know, I totally, I totally agree though. Like my past dog Oakley was same way. Like had him since eight weeks and just, just glued to my hip, like crazy and never really had a fear on the trail or traveling or anything. And, uh, you know, our new dog river that everybody gets to see online a lot. Uh, she's, you know, a very, (laughs) she's a very independent woman. (laughs) And, uh, you know, so we're doing a lot more training with her just to make sure when we hit that point that, you know, she's a rock star and, and we can trust her and she could trust us. Um, but yeah, so, so he just got it from the beginning then. Absolutely. Your dog sound like mine. (laughs) (laughs) Bea is the opposite. (laughs) We're going to, so, um, think that's I mean you want to transition to maybe give a little bit of background on Bea then yeah absolutely (laughs) um so yeah uh kind of fast forward so had Rio I was still working um at my dad's dental office and then I went back to school so Rio was really living kind of a, a in the backyard a lot um which is really, you know, it's pretty big and he has access into the garage with nice beds and water and it's a pretty nice environment for a dog. But every day I would come home, um, he always looked sad and kind of lonely. And I was like, you know, I could do two dogs. Why not? I've got two arms, (laughs) two dogs, like can't be that much more work. Um, and so my boyfriend at the time um, and I, his parents actually ended up, they have a chocolate lab and she ended up being pregnant with another chocolate lab. Um, and I'll kind of go quickly through this part, but um, I had that dog with that boyfriend for about six months. Um, her name was Tika and that was, that's a whole nother little story but um and he ended up breaking up with me and he took the dog and it was one of the um most heart-wrenching things I've ever had to go through um that dog was really I felt like my dog I took that dog I I trained that dog I took that dog camping and hiking and taught her everything and Rio taught her everything and I'd come home from work and the two of them would be snuggled up and Rio really looked so happy. He was so happy to have a friend with him. Um, and so that whole thing happened and I lost her and, um, 
I waited like a month thinking, you know, maybe it wasn't meant to be. Maybe I should only have Rio and um, started kind of talking to other people. And they were like, you should get a second dog. Like Rio would love it. And I'm like, you know what? Rio really would love it. And kind of talked with my friends at Roughwear. Um, they have a program called Rad Adoption. Yeah. Um, through Best Friends Animal Sanctuary in Utah, and so I start. I went over to the website at Best Friends and started scrolling, and there popped up this little profile picture of this little black dog with her tongue sticking out, and I knew it's like <laughs> Match.com for dogs. I was like, I this is my match. <laughs> you just get that this feeling. Is her. <laughs> I need her, and um, five days later. She was on a plane to me. That's super and, cool. Yeah. Um, she, yeah, that's how, that's how she got into my life. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, you, so I had never actually met her. I just, I saw her profile and I didn't even, honestly, I didn't ask like her background. They just said she was a lab mix, like that she was four and a half months old. And, you know, I was like, yep. I don't even care. Like I want her. It's one of those things that once you see, like you see and you know. Yeah. You just, you get that feeling and you just take the plunge. Um, so did you learn, get to learn a little bit later about, uh, about her background? Yes. So, um, that day it was a Friday. They always fly their dogs out on Fridays, I guess. Um, and I went to the Portland airport to pick her up and, I see this little kennel coming in and you know, there's a big sign that they have slapped on it. Like don't take the dog out until you're in the car. And so I like quickly, you know, run with this crate to the car and try to take her out. She won't come out of the crate. She's Mm. obviously terrified. Um, so I, you know, keep it open while I let her kind of do her own thing. I start reading our paperwork and, um, it kind of, it was, it blew me away. Um, she, was found during a drug bust in Page, Arizona, which is an Indian reservation. Um, I'd actually been there two or three times. It's a beautiful area. And uh, there were, I think they found nine puppies in the original um, time that they came. They found nine and then brought them to best friends. And then I believe a week later, they came back to that house, I think, to do a follow-up and check, and they found another puppy. Um, They may have been trying to hide. I don't know which one that was. Um, But so I can, yeah, I can only imagine what the living situation was like. So Bea, coming from, literally, I was surprised that they said, they actually used the word crack house. Um, on her paperwork (laughs) you know it was a rough a rough beginning when (laughs) very rough beginning so yeah into best friends which is awesome she um you know was in the panel uh sorry the puppy kenneled area which they're not allowed to go outside but it's you know had lots of visitors and lots of puppies to play with um so then over to you know getting transported onto a truck, onto an airplane, which I felt really guilty about. I was like, I was going to originally drive down there, but 
the lady I spoke with there, she was like, we do it all the time. The dogs are always fine. It's just a little scary. It's a temporary thing. And it made me really, really nervous to send a little puppy across on a plane. But she got here and she was clearly nervous, but um, got her in the car and on the way down, like it was, so it's about a two and a half hour drive from Portland back to Bend and had her in the front seat with me. And she just kind of fell asleep with um, her head on my hand. <laughs> yeah, she was pretty. <laughs> you are my mom. <laughs> you are my mom. I'm, I'm home. I know that this is home. This is, this car ride is so much better than any other place I've been. And yeah, I, um, the very next day we ended up, I took her on a hike immediately and then we went up to the lakes and I put her in a kayak immediately. I was like, you are going to know what it's like to have a good life, not in a crack house or a shelter. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So you put her right into, right into adventure pretty quickly then. Pretty immediately the next day. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's huge regardless of, and I could imagine that it's a little trickier if you get a dog that's, you know, had a longer life with someone else, um, you know, as a few years old. Um, but I think especially, when a dog is younger, um, you know, and you, you bring that dog into your life, I think that's, that's so critical to just immerse them in as much as you possibly can, um, that you think you're going to be doing with that dog throughout your life. Cause it just, they adapt so quick and especially when they're young. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I was like, this is what we're doing and you're going to, you're going to like it. <laughs> And how is her, did she transition pretty well too? She did. She's been tough though. She's a tough dog. Rio's really easy when I like, now that I look at the two of them, I think he's a pretty classic lab. He's really happy to eat. He's really happy to go play and chase a tennis ball. And he's also really happy to just sleep. <laughs> um, Bea is vocal. She has attitude. Um, She's really stubborn. She was really hard to train little things. Like sh I'm, we're still working on just coming and, um, yeah. It, she's she has a, that independent nature. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, the few times we've been out, you know, when I got her immediately when she was a puppy, those first few times she and Rio, Rio would do his thing where he goes down the trail and turns around and checks back in and, she would just keep going. She just, just like would keep going. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, this one is different. <laughs> this yeah. one will run away. Like whatever she is, she's some kind of, yeah. Independent woman breed. <laughs> Literally. I, I can um, picture everything you're describing so well. Yeah. <laughs> gotten a lot better. Like fast forward today. She is now she's glued to Rio. Like, so basically, I don't even ask for Bea to come. I say Rio come, and they both come. Um, so yeah, she's she just does whatever Rio does, and so luck. I feel lucky in that like she'll listen to Rio, and Rio listens to me, and so therefore they're all listening to me. But um, it's still something I'm I work with her all the time on. Yeah, anything special um, that you can think of with her. Her training, um, you know, particularly off-leash training, or is is it just persistence and thankful that Rio's around? 
persistence and thankful that Rio's around. <laughs> I honestly, like it's probably similar to your situation. Uh, like without Rio, I would be, it would be really, she's difficult. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it would be, I'm, yeah, I'm very thankful for Rio. He does a lot of the training for me. <laughs> I've heard that a lot where, you know, yeah. people, um, and especially a couple of people that bet on the show will have an older dog or a dog that's even, you know, just been around previously that, that gets to know your lifestyle. And it always seems like, and for, at least from what I've heard that the, you know, the, the newer dog or younger dog that comes in really tends to gravitate towards that new older sibling and is like, okay, this is, this is what we do. A hundred percent. Absolutely. It's like, Oh, you're going to go sniff that. I'm going to go sniff that. Like <laughs> it's, yeah, it's pretty adorable how much she looks up to him. Like I've, it's really a special thing to have too. And, you know, looking back now, I obviously, I, I wish Bea came earlier into my life so they would be, you know, maybe closer in age. Cause Rio's getting a little bit older now. He's, seven and not so much puppy where she's a year and a half and full crazy puppy. And <laughs> I think sometimes she irritates him um, yeah. <laughs> at the same time. I'm like, you know, you enjoy the irritation. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Sometimes they pretend they don't, but I'm sure he probably loves having her around. Absolutely. Absolutely. So where was the thought process correct about, having two dogs was it drastically besides you know her being a little more independent was it a lot harder or was it just you know pretty much like you said I've got one dog now I've got two arms sort of deal did it go well you know bringing a second dog into your life absolutely I yeah um I really don't think other than like it costs a little more money for food um it's really not that much harder. Like it's, I feel like it's almost, it's kind of slightly easier and different in other ways. Like, uh, I don't, yeah, I just, maybe I just feel less guilty if I have to go out for the evening and, um, they have each other to hang out with. Um, or so that's maybe, you know, it's easier in that way that I feel like, you know, they have a friend in each other and, um, it's not that hard. Like I have, you know, you ha I have a home and it's got love and there's space in it. And it's, yeah, I, I will always have two dogs now. I am screwed. Man, I was just going to say, even, <laughs> screwed even for life. From, this is a, like a, just such a repetitive question in my own mind. Like, cause river is such a dog. She loves other dogs so much. Mm -hmm. And I always kind of persuade myself towards the no, and you're just not helping with that. <laughs> you got to get to. <laughs> and we're, we're about to make a move and the new place will have more room because our, our apartment is not extremely roomy. And, you know, she's a 66 pound golden retriever. Um, so once I think once we have that extra space, I'm not going to have much of an excuse to say no. <laughs> Good. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, so, it's awesome. It's yeah. I just I can't. Yeah, I can't imagine having just one of them. Like it's just seeing the bond between the two is like is so special. So um, 
and then adding a kitten into the mix because why not? I have a home. So, and now Bea is obsessed with the kitten. They play every day. It's so cute. So, give me all the animals. They can match each other's energy a little better, maybe. They totally do. They like bite each other and like race around and hide. And it's kind of, I kind of like, Bea doesn't know it, but I got the kitten for Bea. <laughs> she uh, she probably is just super stoked to have you know someone around that, like I said, has has the amount of energy. And Rio's probably thankful to have a little bit of a break. <laughs> totally, I think. Yeah, that was kind of my kind of the thinking there. I was like, maybe it'll take a little of the chewing off of Bea's fa- or sorry, Rio's face, and then onto the the kitten, and Bea can just rustle around. And it worked. <laughs> That's awesome. So, you know, one of the big things that comes up, uh, you know, on this show and when people reach out to us, and I'm sure you get it even 10 times what we hear is how do, and this is, you know, from a listener's perspective, how, okay, I've got, I got a dog or I want a dog and how do I break into this type of lifestyle or how do I live this life? And we've, we've are starting to get a a pretty consistent answer to this um you know from everybody that has this quote unquote this lifestyle of adventure and it's coming up that you know pretty consistently just just doing it and taking those first steps um what advice do you give to you know followers or people that talk to you in person that say like how do i get started and you know how do i and I don't want to say live a life just like yours, but how do I, you know, get outside, especially with my dog? Do you have any initial tips um, for people that come to you with those type of questions? Gosh, yeah. No, that was like exactly what I would have said is just do it. Like, yeah. that's how I got Rio. I, you know, I would recommend, yeah, that was my intent was to just go to the shelters and volunteer and walk dogs and, um, I'd say I was a pretty good volunteer and that I rescued a duck, <laughs> but also <laughs> I was like, I can't go back. I'll take them all. Um, You'll uh, be the best volunteer ever. <laughs> just adopt all the dogs. Um, yeah, I would start like, I, I mean, maybe that would happen. I'm sure, I'm sure I'm not the only person that has gone to go volunteer at a shelter and ended up walking out with a dog. Um, that it just it's one of those things that you just make it work like i didn't i didn't have like i worked a you know 8 9 hours a day and i only had weekends free and i had a great space for rio um it wasn't like the most best amazing backyard though but i made it work you know i would wake up a little bit earlier and take him on a walk and then come home and take him on a walk again and Cause you just, there's just something about a dog. You just, you love and you make it work. Um, and then kind of, kind of blending in with the second dog is like, you know, same line. you just, you make it work. Like I'm not, I don't have a ton of money. I don't, I don't make a ton of money, but if food is expensive, dog products are expensive, but I, you just make it work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you you learn to adapt just like they do. I, I definitely agree with that. And, um, uh, you know, I think it's something that you just do. And if, 
you know, you put out the love that that dog needs. And I mean, they are just obviously very good in the, in the loving department. Um, you know, if, if you give them that attention when you are there and, you know, or just let them know that you've got their back and you develop this relationship. And I think almost regardless of your situation, you can adapt to what's going on, whether work is a conflict, school, whatever it is. And, I think that, you know, it's funny how you find ways to do things and then one day look back and go, oh, I found a way through it. That wasn't that bad, you know? Absolutely. I think there's always like, there's always going to be, but I have this that's, you know, not the most ideal or whatever. Um, I think, honestly, there's, I always, people, I had someone asked me this actually, not that, this exact question, not that long ago. And you know, trying to persuade her boyfriend to letting her adopt a dog. And I told her, I was like, you know, even if you work five days a week, if you have a loving home, like any dog would be so happy to just have a loving home. Like, that's all, that's all they really, really want. Like, it's okay if they're, you know, outside while you work and you just get, you only get one walk in a day or whatever. But if it's a loving home, that's really really special thing and hard to find. And there's just so many dogs in the shelters that need just that loving home. Um, that, uh, that's the biggest, that's, yeah, that's, that's an awesome, awesome point. Um, I think that, you know, and it's a good reminder to the people that will be listening is that a lot of the guests, at least, especially in the beginning that we'll have on this show are, I guess what I would consider to be in the the bonus or the plus plus department as far as, you know, the lives that they live with their dog. And that's that they, you know, the lives that that you live with your dogs. And like I said, past guests, it's not the like the minimum requirement to get a dog. And, mm-hmm. you know, people have to really think about that, like, just because you are thinking about getting a dog doesn't mean you have to, you know, be in the back country every single day of your life and have the best Instagram profile on the internet. Like, you know, especially dogs that, like you said, that come from a really rough background or tough upbringing, they are just so happy to have just continuous love and shelter, you know? Totally. It's just love and shelter. It's like, it's super, it's pretty easy. It's exactly like you nailed it. Like Yeah. And I hope that's something that, you know, really resonates with with people, especially coming from someone like yourself that lives some such an adventurous lifestyle that anything extra beyond that is just total bonus for a dog. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, I think that if you dive in slowly, you really it just continues to expand, you know, like a lot of our guests have said things like start with your local park you know, mm-hmm. like start small and it just compounds. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, that's all super good stuff. Any, any tips that, and if not, that's totally cool, but any tips that come to mind, say someone is listening to this and they're, they're on the fence leaning towards the, you know, the positive side of getting a dog, but you know, still a little bit back and forth. Um, you know, any tips that you think you can offer them, as far as not necessarily like whether or not they should get a dog, but if they do, like, is there anything in the beginning that you can think back to 
that maybe you would like to pass on to them, you know, for when they first get that dog? Baby gates. (laughs) That's that's honestly a good one. Yeah. (laughs) Protect all things. Um, no. Oh gosh. Yeah. It's hard. Like it's, yeah. Like I said, like Rio's, it was seven years ago when I got my first dog. So it's like a little bit of a blur, but it was like, like, gosh, any tips? Um, I honestly, I think the, you know, I know it, you're, you know, semi joking with the, with the baby gates and everything, but, um, you know, it's actually, yeah, it's a phenomenal, it's a phenomenal tip. And, um, just going through, I think if you expand upon that, maybe just going through your home in general, for bringing that dog into your life and you know like you know i've heard stories from people like literally crawling around on their hands and knees and looking at it from a dog's perspective oh my gosh that's awesome (laughs) yeah like you know like because like when you're when you're down that low and you think you know and you see you know i don't know something under the bed or a sock or something like that (laughs) totally no so um let's see rio so i would say like not all dogs are gonna be crate dogs um, Bea actually, which surprised me a little bit because of the whole plane and um, car and like, I don't know, just her whole story surprised me. She actually loves a crate. Um, it's her, it's her like little hiding spot, um, her little place to go call her own. Whereas Rio, it's a very negative memory. Um, and so it's just being being ready to be sensitive to that um, need that they may need a space like that and they may not want a space like that at all. Um, yeah. And then let's Bea, little monster, shoot <laughs> off half my uh, island wood paneling on the side of my kitchen island. Um, I literally turned around for like 30 seconds and then half of my island wood was gone. <laughs> um, oh, man. There's, that was, I don't know how you could have protected that. That You just have to be like ready and willing to be okay with some disasters that are not so easy. It's easy to go buy another pair of shoes. That's like going to cost a contractor to come over and fix. Yeah. Um, but it's like, it's all you know, I love her. I don't, I love her. And it's, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, just it's so stuff. cool what dogs can get away yeah. with. <laughs> I know they get away with. Yeah. Um, Bea, if I leave her in the backyard and she hasn't exercised, um, will chew on anything. Poor Rio. will chew on Rio's collars. Um, I've gone through probably, I probably went through 20 collars last year alone. Oh my um, gosh. Good thing you work at Roughwear. <laughs> exactly. I know. <laughs> um, I actually had to stop buying because they're still expensive and I had to stop buying the nice ones. And I have like a, I basically just leave them. I started just leaving them out there kind of naked. Yeah. <laughs> in hopes that he doesn't run away or hop the fence somehow. Um, he's microchipped. So also recommend that. But, um, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, really just, good. it's so different because Rio didn't. He had like a quick phase of chewing, and Bea is still um, going on almost two years now, and just a little little chew monster. So 
there it's, yeah, it's hard to know what you're going to get and just being ready for, it could be a really easy dog or it could be a really hard, tough one, but it's, yeah. I can't imagine any other way. I like want it exactly the way it is. That's all awesome. That's literally perfect. Really good yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, I think being kind of being ready for the worst, like those stories, you know, you hear like dogs chewing the island, um, <laughs> stuff like that, you know, know that it might happen. And then if it doesn't, it's it's a total bonus. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, we'll end with maybe, you know, just a, a simpler question, maybe not because there's a lot to pick, but um being an employee at Roughwear, you're surrounded by some pretty awesome gear that a lot of our followers probably want to buy it all. Um, is there <laughs> is there something that you guys use, you know, pretty frequently or that and it could be maybe it's something that we're all thinking of, maybe it's not, but maybe that piece of Roughwear gear that, you know, you consider your go-to or that you would recommend the most? Totally. Um, so I actually just made a New Year's goal. Uh, to run 365 miles this year, and my dogs are going to come along with me on every step of that way. Roughwear makes this uh, harness called a front range harness, um, and it has a front chest attachment point, and so it kind of turns their shoulders if they get pulling too hard, and we just went this afternoon, um, and it was one of my first... I never had a harness on Rio, actually, his entire life, and running with him with the front clip um, clipped in there was awesome. Like I could run with both my dogs. I was terrified to even walk both my dogs, um, for a long time. But now that I have that harness, it's like such a game changer and I'm not even like terrified to go run with them or walk with them. I feel like, I feel like I'm in control, um, of, of them. (laughs) It is literally the most, yeah, that clip is is like a gift from above. <laughs> yeah, just an on. Yeah, I can't like that. The the ability to clip into their chest is. Um, I used to have like one of those uh, was gentle leaders on Rio, but he trained him. Like he just got his neck stronger and like <laughs> learned how to not deal with that. And I've had you know all the little types of chokers and things. None of it's just it doesn't work. He's like he doesn't. It doesn't work, but this little chest clip is awesome. And then just even just having the ability, just I have them in their harnesses all the time now. Um, I just feel a lot better about clipping into the, you know, the back of the harness or the front of the harness versus like the collar. Cause I personally wouldn't like to be like choked on by my collar as much. So now I'm just, I'm really sold on them just being in a harness all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, and like you said, like finding what works for your dog is is a really good point. Um, man, that that front clip though is definitely. Is, I have so many people that when we use it, we'll be like, "Oh, you 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 attach that wrong to your dog," because oh, really? it just looks it looks so different. You know, a lot of people yeah. don't even know why it's there, and I think I'm really really glad you shared that because it's a it's a stellar point for sure. Totally. Um, and it's cool to hear your your experience with it, how it's been so helpful. Yeah, um, yeah. That sweet. would be if I had one piece of gear I got to pick from off where it would probably, that would definitely be the one piece of gear I would pick to purchase. 
Yeah, again that's... and again and again. I actually have them in multiple colors now. <laughs> <laughs> I know when because they released <laughs> the multiple, when they released the the line with you know so many awesome colors, I was like, that's just that's a low move because we're gonna want them all. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> oh man, it's easy uh, to easy to sell the dog people. We like them too much. Um, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, this has yeah. been super super cool i know that everybody listening is going to really enjoy everything you've shared with us um is there anything i always like to make sure before we close it out um anything that you know we left on the table that you wanted to talk about more or did i miss anything or you think we're at a good point gosh no i feel like i covered it pretty well um yeah yeah i would say adopt don't shop no no that's good (laughs) there's just so many i just yeah there's just so many i try not to browse the sites too often but i go onto like best friends website every once in a while and there's just hundreds of dogs luckily it's a no-kill shelter but so many dogs just need that loving home and if my home was bigger i'd take them all (laughs) yeah yeah you better be careful if you ever expand you have like 10 of them (laughs) Totally. Awesome. Well, I definitely appreciate it. I, like I said, I really value the conversation. I know our listeners will, um, just final thing, very simple, uh, for people after this ends, where do you most prefer that they, they find you online or elsewhere? Yeah, that just my Instagram. I try to, I try to check my messages every day or email, which you can email directly from there, I believe, or at least through my website, which is on the Instagram. So that's a perfect spot. They can, you can contact me if you have any other questions. Absolutely. And they can, uh, they can, if they really need some solid, high skill inspiration, the photos on the website are are really good. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, no problem. It's uh, it's definitely a, a very welcoming site that will make you much happier than most things that share politics and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us for episode three of the Trail Talk podcast. I had an awesome time with Elena, and I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Just a few closing thoughts. First thing is, please subscribe, rate, and comment on our podcast. We're really trying to get word out there, and we appreciate all the love and support that you guys have passed on so far. The more that we spread the message, the more that we're able to give others the ability to give their dog a life worth living. And the second thing is, don't forget about that giveaway that Play, our sponsor, is going to be hosting. If you missed any of that, be sure to go back to the sponsor intro and get all the details you need to enter the giveaway over the next couple weeks. So until next time, guys, thank you so much and keep doing your best each and every day to give your dog a life worth living.